Hello and welcome back to Project 99. It is July 22nd, 2020. We're still alive. <laughs> um, getting kind of nervous because it's the end of the month, so God only knows uh, what April's going to bring. Yeah, it's day yeah. by day. Yeah, it really day is. Day. Coronavirus is spreading in our county. Mm-hmm. Pretty bad, so. As it is everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's... You know, it's different because, like, you see on the news, like, the totals going up and up and up, and then you hear, like, the hospitalizations and everything but like in the beginning it was like West Virginia had hardly anything it was like so low compared to like Pennsylvania New York New Jersey and Ohio it was like and of course we're in the northern panhandle between what I say is like the armpit of like Ohio and Pennsylvania like yeah a little sliver in the top so like I was waiting for this in this to hit us you know yep. what I mean and but we don't have any public transportation. Like, we got buses, but they only run, like, 9 to 5. Like, we don't have, like, really large convention centers. We don't have a lot of out-of-town traffic. So, you know what I mean? Like, we've been kind of insulated. But I think once it got here, now it's just... Yeah, I mean, most of the locals I see here are, you know, part of that. They think the coronavirus is a hoax created by the Democrats. And they think that, you know, this is a brainwashing tool or something. I don't fucking know yeah. what, what their nonsense is. But, yeah, that's what most people around here are like. So, um, you know, I go to the grocery store and um, I didn't see very many people wearing masks. Even the people that were working there weren't wearing them correctly. Um, well, it's interesting because... We'll see now because Walmart and Kroger's and everything right. have said too fucking bad. Well, but I don't know. I, I I still have a feeling I'm going to go in and see people wearing them as chin straps or having their yeah. fucking nose out because it's like we're fucking backwards West Virginia and no one here is, I mean, you know what I mean? People here are fucking idiots. Well, Jim Justice about, what was it, about a week ago decided it was masks at any place you're indoors. Mandatory masks, yeah. And But it says <clears throat> if you can't socially distance from somebody. So, like, I work midnight shift and the people that come in, you know, they're like one of us, like one straggling person at a time. So it's kind of like, well, you're indoors, but there's nobody else around you. So I'm not trying to be a hard ass about it. But like the problem is if you work with the public and you don't tell somebody the rule, then like the next time when there are too many people in one space and you try to tell that person you didn't tell before, then they get mad because like we didn't tell me that before. Well, because they're Americans. So instead of just fucking being reasonable, they have to try to find an out. Yes. Instead of seeing like there's a reason I didn't tell you before, but now I'm telling you. Or just basically being respectful of the fact that we have 5,000 fucking signs hanging up at our business saying, like, you should be wearing a mask because it's mandatory now. They choose to ignore it and expect to put the burden on you to tell them. Yeah, literal fucking children, dude. So, I I, and then, I like, can't. another employee I felt bad for because a person wearing a mask basically was upset because a person not wearing a mask, when it says right on the door it's mandatory, was, like, bent because the other person. And I said, that's what's going to happen if you don't enforce it. Across the board. Across the board, consistently, you're going to have somebody say, well, you didn't tell that person to do it. It's just a battle. Like, it doesn't have to be a fucking battle. Like, just stop being a child for once. But Yeah, I genuinely hope that businesses would just be like, yeah, you can't come in here. Well, that's, like, Costco started doing that. And there's a couple videos of people getting escorted out of Costco because they're like, yeah, we're not ringing you up. We're not going to sell you those or those products. So if you leave out of here, you're shoplifting. Um, One guy just walked up and took the buggy off the dude and was like, get out you know what i mean that's how you have to start treating these people for lots of reasons but i mean first of all um because if you're too fucking selfish to be a part of society then Mm -hmm. we shun you get the fuck out and secondly because it's the fucking policy learn to follow the goddamn rules what's interesting about you're not you're not promised a place in this store this is private property you they don't have to fucking do shit for you 
And what's interesting about conservatives is, you know, on the one hand, their, their hypocrisy is rampant, okay, across the board. But, like, conservatives will preach a whole party line that we're law and order. Anybody who doesn't obey is an anarchist. But yet, a governor passes a law that says you got to wear a mask. And they're like, we don't like that law, so we're just going to say fuck you. Well, right. that, now who's the anarchist? Fucking idiots, dude. I mean, it's just ridiculous. I love the, uh, it's the, it's a picture, it's a meme. It's a picture of the don't tread on me flag. But instead of saying don't tread on me, it says we like cops now. <laughs> and i was like that's how fucking backwards you people are i wanted one like, you literally a- don't stand for anything except for whatever you want right now yeah, like right. you have no moral ground like yeah. at least if your moral ground was i respect the police wholeheartedly because i believe in you know uh them having power whatever fucking bullshit those people spew at least if you were consistent about that i could be like well i fucking hate it but i mean at right. least you're consistent. But Until no, a cop just, comes up and tells you you have to wear a mask yeah. because it's private property. If you yeah. don't, I'm going to escort then you off like, the property. they're like, my rats! <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So, so anyway, um, uh, the rest of this week, I was going to ask you how your week was, first of all, because um, we haven't been in the studio in like two weeks. So I was going to ask you how your time was. I mean, busy as busy? normal. Yeah. I mean, between, like, I got work only three days, but then I have, like, my whole household to maintain and babysitting, and so, you know, I stay busy. My week was pretty boring, other than the fact that I got trapped in an elevator yesterday. That sounds fabulous. Um, Yeah. I I don't know why people thought I was joking when I said I got trapped in the elevator, and they were like, like, like for real trapped? Like, it broke down? I was like, yeah. Mm -hmm. Like, stuck. (laughs) Like, this is what's shitty about my life, is that I on purpose like to myself like make myself so ridiculously consumed and busy every second of my life like I feel legitimately lazy if I'm not doing three things at one time so like I'm out in the yard gardening and I think I should be listening to a book right now my god like I'm wasting time like I'm just gardening I'm not also like listening to I mean you know me like so if I would get in a position where I'd be stuck in an elevator probably freak the fuck out no I'd be like dude I'm taking a fucking nap like (laughs) I so abuse my sleep (laughs) for life that, like, I would go to the dentist and fall asleep, literally the dentist, because I can't do anything else but let the dentist operate on my teeth. So I'd be there and I'd fall asleep, and then the dentist would be like, hey, like, I very rarely have to wake somebody up. But I'm like, dude, if I can't, if I literally can't do anything else, I'm sleeping. Yeah, I was really shocked because usually anytime I'm trapped, um, which a majority, that's very rare that I'm actually trapped, like, in that situation where I was, like, in the elevator, I was trapped, there's, I cannot leave um but I like trap myself in my own brain all the time like I get stuck in traffic and I get fucking freaked out because I can't leave and like lots of situations I feel like I'm trapped and I fucking get so much anxiety but I really didn't at all I was just like all right this isn't uh good at all um <laughs> did but, you push the button <laughs> yeah the buttons were not working it was just fucking going haywire oh, it actually phone? yeah I called the guy at the front desk and he came down and like they had to pry the it was stuck in, almost in between two floors like I had to climb out of it yeah um but then the the guy who does maintenance for our building showed up and he was like, oh, you're lucky that people were here. And he's like, last time I got trapped in this thing and it was completely between two floors. So even mm-hmm. when they pried, you know, I pried the doors open, I couldn't get out. And I was like, let's just not ever talk about this again. <laughs> like, Okay, so I used to work at the casino and the elevators there were total shit and they would get people get stuck in them all this the time. elevator is like 60 years old it's right. so old they're all old and like they're supposed to be maintenance every once in a while but right and these people actually i guess we're supposed to maintenance it last week but they their schedule's all fucked up because of coronavirus and they <laughs> so i'm just like great awesome but but so know. here what I, here's what i'll tell you like i don't 
want to give too much advice to people like so take us with a grain of salt but like what we always used to do was like trip the breaker the controls like if your maintenance guy was ever there be like hey what breaker controls the elevator because sometimes you just trip the breaker like it'll start up again and then for people who are paranoid because i don't have any disorders about being stuck in an elevator so i feel bad for people that do but like when i work security if people get stuck in the elevator they would call that button right and then the operator would answer and she would call me in the radio and I'd be like, please stay on the phone with the person and tell them someone's on the way and everything will be fine that we are in contact. Because like, I would understand that feeling. Like, I don't have that oh, feeling. Oh, dude, it was awful. But like, if they're talking to someone who's saying someone's on the way, blah, 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 blah. I mean, I've never been claustrophobic, but I would think that that would help a little bit if someone's telling you, like talking to you, saying someone's on the way. Well, it was even worse when they finally came down to like get the door open and they're trying to talk to me through the door and it's like two huge steel doors. <laughs> and I'm like, I can't fucking hear you. <laughs> And they're like, yes, you can. You're answering. And I'm like, I know, but it's mumbling. I can't tell what you're trying to fucking say to me. Please call my phone. I can't hear you. It was fucking awful. But yeah, I actually didn't have a panic attack. It was it was funny that when I got out and they were they were like, you all right? And I was like, oh, yeah, this is like a level two panic. I'm not even there. Yeah. <laughs> like, calm down. And then yesterday when I went to the doctor, my throat was all hurting. And my, I was like, I think my chest was hurting because I've been rubbing it so much, like chest congestion or something. Um. But anytime you say have chest pain, they do an EKG. So mm-hmm. this lady like hooked me up to all these things. And she's like, all right, now don't move. And I was like, all right, I won't move. <laughs> <laughs> so then when I left there and I got home, I was just like, wow. Actually, uh, you know, two years ago, I would have probably fucking, the second she was like, all right, don't move. I would have been like, I have to get up. Sorry. <laughs> like, <laughs> So I don't know. I was pretty pumped about that. But other than that, not shit. And I was happy this week because... Uh, Back in April, I found this guy on Facebook who was or is a sergeant for the Martins Ferry Police Department, and he was posting all this shit about, like, how he thinks, you know, you should just be able to run over protesters and, like, basically some lightly racist stuff. Um, so I screenshotted it all, and I posted it, and I was like, this is fucking nuts, but it never really went anywhere. Um, and then another another one, I think it's Tim Tim Starkey, Starsky or Starkey, I don't know, another cop, an officer over there posted some racist ass shit and they somebody called him out for it and he got fired today um and so now people are continuing to post like yeah we're gonna keep calling your fucking office until the other guy's gone too like we're not just gonna settle for one so guess taking out a little bit of the fucking local trash i'm glad that uh goddamn cancel culture (laughs) yeah right that's what people are like this is right it's his private social media and i'm just like you have a responsibility you know what i mean like first Go ahead. Keep that fucking cop on there. And next time you arrest a black guy, even if the guy is committing a crime, they'll immediately bring up in court that you only did it because he was black. Yeah, and then they'll bring stupid. your Facebook posts up as, you know, like well, it's you know, just for a lot of, first of all, it's morally wrong. Right. No fucking racist cops. We're done with that shit. But secondly, you know what I mean? Like, it's well, just it's not a liability. Like gonna, it's not like you're going to go into work and be like, oh, I'm a police officer. I'm going to check my racism at the door, leave it in my locker. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's fucking ridiculous. Somebody All these people asked me, it. actually, people were putting it on Twitter about, would you hire somebody who, who in during an interview, voluntarily said <clears throat> that they were a raging fan of Donald Trump? Would you hire them? And I, so of course, a lot of people in my circle of people on Twitter are liberal, and they were like, absolutely not, blah, blah, blah. Well, I would and say like, that I wouldn't, just for the simple fact that if you are the type of person that cannot keep your political views to yourself, even right. through an interview, right. I would say you're going to be someone controversial to work so with. So that's what I said. I wouldn't discriminate to, with them based on, based on the fact that they were a fan of Donald Trump, but the job that I used to hire people for was a public a public you deal with the public right right so if you don't have the 
wherewithal to understand that in a job interview, that's not an appropriate comment to make. Right. Then you're going to go out on the floor and be greeting people and saying inappropriate things. And I've had that situation with guards that I've hired that I didn't know. And then all of a sudden they say these bizarro things to customers and it's like, and the customers make complaints and it's like, good Lord, like, did you not realize like you can't say that kind of thing to, you know? So, I mean, if, right. if it's a public job, I wouldn't, but if it was like a guy working at, in a warehouse, it's, you know, Oh yeah, I can gonna, give a shit you less. You know what I mean? Like his views are his views, whatever, but. I'd, I'd probably make a note, be like, don't talk to your coworkers about this shit. Like, don't talk about politics and religion at work. Just don't, right. because yeah. it's just, it's not, it's not conducive for a good work environment, but, you know, good for you or whatever. But, um, yeah, that's, that's, a, that's an interesting question. But again, I mean, same thing on the other side, you know, even I remember when, back when I was a manager at a store and this guy that added me on Facebook, which typically I didn't add people on Facebook until the season was over because it was just like, again, I don't want my employees having me on Facebook because I don't want it to start shit at work. But, um. He always tried to talk to me about politics. And it, it, we had similar political views, but I'm like, man, we can't talk about this shit right now. You know what I mean? Like, I don't yeah. need this guy calling off tomorrow because he's pissed off. Right. That I said yeah. I was going to vote for so-and-so. Like, we can't, I just, yeah. it's not, I can't do this right now. Like, Yeah, it's pretty, it can be pretty intense, but. um, So speaking of police, we're going to talk about our news of the week. And I ran across this story, and it's so funny that it's Minnesota. It's not funny, but, you know, George Floyd. Right. Okay, it was in Minnesota. So a Minnesota police officer arrests a woman for DUI, confiscates her phone, sees nudie she took of herself on the phone, and then sends the nude <gasps> photos to himself. Oh, my God. Right? Uh, of course, he's not been charged. But um, <laughs> Oh, my God. I mean, I don't get it. Like, there's no denying. Because what happened was he was such an idiot. He didn't even delete from the sent folder. Like the sent mess, he didn't even delete the sent message. So the next day when she sobers up and she's out of jail or whatever, she looks at her phone. She's like, oh my God, what's this number that these pictures were sent to? Because you don't recognize the number? Well, it's the fucking cop's number. Oh my God. That's how much of an idiot he is. Like, thank God he's an idiot because now he's in trouble for what he did. But like, maybe we'll see. Well, yeah, he's not been charged yet. Well, it's it was the other under thing investigation. That like, this cop at Martin's Ferry that got fired um, because he posted a racist meme or whatever. Uh, several i mean his whole profile was fucking cancer so but the other guy um bob walton he posted about like oh it's you know what i mean like encouraging people to fucking hit protesters or whatever and the other one he posted was uh some joke it's like a meme of two women and the ones like said something about voting for joe biden even though the the allegations of quote unquote credible sexual assault and then the other lady's like laughing and sh it says hashtag me too Mm -hmm. And I'm like, wow, yeah, sexual assault's super funny, especially when a cop's posting this. Like, I'm sure everyone will feel completely comfortable coming mm -hmm. to you about this type of crime now. Like, you're a piece of shit. This guy needs to go, too. Like, we're not going to stop calling and harassing these people and spreading this shit on social media until that guy's gone, too, because fuck that. Completely, fu I mean, absolutely fuck that. <laughs> well, and there's a, there's, you know, some internal groups on Facebook that are, like, restrictive so that you have to be a cop to get on them. And I'm just like, why? Well, that's why. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because they share a lot of stuff in there that's totally inappropriate and racist and sexist and whatever. And they don't want any, they, they know that their own buddies in that group, because I guess to get on it, because I know somebody was trying to get on it, you have to submit like your name and your badge number. And then they call your department and they verify that it's, that it's you and that, you know, you really are a police officer before they let you join their group. And I'm like, wow. Like when you run a secret society, 
and you're the police. Like, that's disturbing. Yeah, that's pretty fucked up. <laughs> so I know this person was trying to get in there, and he's like, oh, how hard is it to become a police officer? I'm like, seriously, like, it's not worth it, dude. Somebody will hack them. So that brings us to our next story, um, which I sent to you. Oh, about, yeah, okay. Um, so there was a major hack of um, basically police documents. And it's like WikiLeaks, but it's been, um, they got like two gigabytes worth of data of the, from this. Yeah. It's a, okay. Here, I found the article okay. you sent me. Inside Blue Leaks, a Blue trove Leaks. of hacked police documents released by Anonymous. Let's see what it says here. More than 1 million documents were just leaked from law enforcement fusion centers. Coordinated to coincide with the Juneteenth hacktivist group Distributed Denial of Secrets published a massive leak of internal police data, a trove which included emails, audio, video, and intelligence documents. In total, the leak constitutes more than 1 million documents. Yeah. Let's see. And one of the things that they found out was that there were these memos that went out to police departments concerning the supposed anarchists in, you know, in the Washington and Oregon and these different places where they, they were saying there were all these anarchists that were causing the protest to go out of control, right? And, like, there would be these cartoonish, like, descriptions of the anarchists, and the police were advised in these memos to make sure that they note observations of these individuals. Meanwhile, on the same memo, there was actual, like, keep an eye out for this particular individual who's associated with a known terrorist organization, but it was a right-wing organization that was involved in instigating the, the protest. So in other words, like the police were steering their people away from the actual threat of right-wingers to look for these anarchists. Now, I'm sure there are some people who are anarchists who are involved in things, but Time and time again in history, we've seen that whenever people come out to peacefully protest anything, be it the Vietnam War, police brutality, whatever, the right-wingers always send these subvert groups in there to break windows, set fires, to make it look like the peaceful protesters are not peaceful protesters. And sorting all out is a nightmare. But, so that being said, um, yeah, I'm going to look into that blue leaks and see what else I can find that's on there because... That's what we need to do, man. People need to get information, like, that's being kept secret and get it out there. Yeah, and you know what else, too? I just, people talk about defunding the police, which I think is a bad slogan. Um, I actually saw this post earlier that explained it really well. Um, it says, let's transform the police, reform the police, rebuild, retrain the police, and reprioritize investments into education, healthcare, mental health services, and other community programs. But we must stop saying defund the police. Slogans matter. This toxic phrase might have good intentions behind it, but it makes most people think we want to abolish or shrink police forces way down and let criminals run wild. We're damaging the Black Lives Matter movement and causing harm or, and harming our chances of beating Trump in November by alienating the majority with the misleading slogan that the right wing uses to make people afraid. Headlines matter. Most people never learn the details and they just react to slogans and headlines. So be smart. And I'm just like, yeah, I mean, I kind of agree with that because it's like... Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. It is a bad slogan, which we've talked about on the sh show before. But well, and honestly, I read earlier somebody was suggesting that, you know, they do away with all municipal police departments and 
um, basically just make bigger sheriff's departments because the head of the sheriff's departments are elected officials. So people get to pick who they are and they get to vote on it. And just based on numbers of, you know, when things go wrong with the police, whether it's like assaults or shootings or complaints, sheriff's departments have far, 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 far less problems than municipal police departments. I mean, all this shit that we hear about in the news and this and that that happens, a majority of them come from municipal police departments. And it's like, well, let's look at why that is. Because sheriff's departments have more training and they have someone who's controlling the place that's an elected official. I mean, this, these are good steps. So it's like, well, okay. On that topic, I would say that it probably depends on the area that you live in. Oh, for sure. I mean, yeah. But I just think the whole issue is accountability. So yeah, if you got a sheriff who is, um, you know, corrupt or whatever, you could say, well, yeah, but somebody could run against him and vote him out. So yeah, that's a good thing. Um, but just like any other politician then, He's a politician. So if the majority, let's say 80% of the people in your area that you cover as a sheriff are kind of redneck racists and you're a redneck racist sheriff, you're going to keep getting reelected even if you mistreat people. Right. Yeah, so, exactly. I mean, I mean there's still has to be accountability. Is- accountability is always obviously the very first priority. But I did like that, you know, that discussion. I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I, never, I guess I never thought about it. But when you look at the numbers, I mean, it's just astounding that they have far less right. issues. Well, and the other thing, too, is like within the city, you've got the mayor. So just like Mayor Frey or Fry, however you say his name, in, in Minneapolis. So you've got like he's trying to hold people accountable for things that they do wrong. But then the police union comes in and basically overrides him and says, you know, they, they fight the charges. They get the charges dismissed, and then they say, well, look, those charges were dismissed, so there's no reason he can't have his job back. They continue to fight till they get his jo- the guy's job back, and that's how a lot of these bad apples, as they say, there's only a few bad apples. Yeah, but it's the whole system that's fighting for the bad apples to stay in charge. Right. So in the defunding of the police, the reason they phrased it like that is because these police unions are so powerful that there's, there's literally nobody that can step in and say, enough's enough. But if you were to actually completely eliminate the police and then start over, basically you would have a new group of people. It's almost like when union workers get together and they fight for their rights and companies try to bust the union. I mean, it's kind of similar to that, but with the police, it almost has to happen because there's no, there's just nobody that can, that can hold them accountable anymore. Right. Right. So... Um, are we going to do our fun Google search? That's up to you. I know you have a lot of serious topics to cover today. today. So, okay. So, um, we talk a lot on the show about conspiracies, conspiracy theories. And so what drives conspiracy theories? What makes people have conspiracy theories? Well, a lot of it is frustrated feelings of, um, you know, being deceived, being lied to, which in America we've pretty much come to the conclusion that our political system's all corrupt. They lied, lied to us about every war we've ever been involved in. So I think there's like... They lied to us about everything. Everything. There's constantly stories about corruption, politicians embezzling. There was just another uh, GOP, I believe it was a congressman that was, you know, found to be embezzling money. I mean, it's just nonstop uh, lies and corruption in the government. It's always been that way. And I just feel like America has reached a limit of believing in politicians, being disappointed, 
and being lied to. So you have that discontent, right? And then it used to be that we had good journalists who would go out and look for facts that didn't, you know, so politicians try to cover up their dirt. They create all these narratives. They do all these things. But like the media used to be the counteracting force. They would actually go in and look for and dig up information to these exposés on people. When now the media is so busy selling competing narratives of conspiracy that there's nobody doing real journalism. I mean, I can't say nobody, but real journalism has just been beat to shit. Yeah. Because apparently, you know, the, the intellectual level of the consuming public is somewhere between Alex Jones and Sean Hannity. Like, nobody wants to actually verify anything. And the more spicy and interesting the conspiracy, the more fun it is, basically, the more entertainment value it has, the faster it spreads. Because nobody wants to read a boring report about the Pentagon, like, overcharging people for toilet seats. Like, nobody wants to hear about that kind of corruption. They want to hear about you know, the deep state scandals, the deep state. They want a worldwide conspiracy. QAnon. With evil villains like George Soros. Like, yeah. that's the kind of <laughs> shit that sells. Like, if you want to concoct a conspiracy theory these days, it's going to spread like wildfire. Go get an old Dick Tracy comic book and pick out Raisin Face and whatever the fuck the different characters were. They were all these weird-ass fucking... Put, put, okay, Roger Stone... Steve Bannon, like, there you go. There's your fucking Dick Tracy crew of weirdos and freaks that make up the criminal element that surround Donald Trump. So, what is the deep state? You hear Sean Hannity talking about this all the time, Rush Limbaugh, they're all pushing this, pushing this, pushing the deep state. So, the deep state in the mind of a conservative is, they call them unelected bureaucrats, people that are in positions that survive from administration to administration and somehow subvert the good and noble deeds of conservatives. <laughs> you couldn't even say it without <laughs> laughing. So there are these evil globalist, socialist, multicultural, cultural Marxist, fucking there's all these different things they roll into it. But basically, if you're not a narrow-minded um, hierarchical white Christian, like you, you must be a you must be a globalist Marxist to them. So they have this dichotomous thinking where there's no gray area. Okay, there has to be good guys and bad guys. There's good guys and bad guys. And once they cast you as a good guy, as a hero, apparently you can do all kind of shitbaggery and still be a good guy in their mind because you're fighting for a great and noble cause. I don't get that because, and it exists on the other side too, because Hillary Clinton has so much baggage and dirt and corruption, but there's still people that think she honestly gives a shit about the average everyday American. Dude, that totally blows my mind too. Like, I just feel like at this point, I don't know, I always try to paint people who vote for Democrats, like, well, they they mean well, so maybe they're not, you know, as bad as, like, I mean, it's the lesser of two people. evils. I get but that. It's, it's just, like, it's really not. Like, I'm just, like, I don't know. At least their heart's in the right place. Like, they want health care and shit, but I'm just, like, you got to stop. You got to stop believing that people, like, 
the Clintons and Biden are, are going to do that shit. Right. I mean, because they're literally saying they're not going to do that shit. Yeah. So just just stop. Like, at this point, you're just choosing to be as ignorant as they it's are. It's like an abusive boyfriend that slaps you in the face every day and you come back the next day and go, he's not going to hit me today. Yeah, like, stop. I believe it. Stop that. He said he's going to hit me, but I believe he's not going to hit me today. No, he's going to fucking hit you. <laughs> That's what you get with establishment politicians. So, okay, the deep state in the mind of the conservative, they push this, when they say unelected bureaucrat, the language that they use in their propaganda always fascinates me. So, unelected bureaucrat, what does that mean? Well, a bureaucrat is usually a government worker who stays in their position regardless of whatever political party is in control. Unelected, though, is the real word that is the trigger word that they use. Because what does unelected mean? Unelected means the American citizen has been robbed of their right to determine who is making the decisions in this country. And if you listen to the rhetoric of Sean Hannity and Rush Limbaugh, they've been talking about this political coup, that the socialists have done this political coup, they, they frame everything in this language that triggers these guys, working class men, mostly, into feeling like they've been robbed suddenly of their rights. And it's like, dude, your rights were gone like a long fucking time ago. I hate to tell you, but they were gone a long time ago. So... I'm reading this book called Proof of Conspiracy, and there's so many criminals <laughs> in this book that it fascinates me because I'm, li- I'm listening to all these people that were involved in Trump's, um, you know, pre-election uh, campaign, the people that he put into positions after he became president, and I didn't know a lot of these people. I didn't know who they were. So when they pop up, I'm like, well, who is that person? I don't know who that person is because they're not politicians, right? They're these wealthy donors, behind the scenes people who weasel their way in to political structures and none of them are elected. These are, okay, this is the deep state. Multinational, everybody listening now, I'm going to tell you who the deep state really is. Multinational corporations. Like, did anybody not really fucking know that? Like from the days of the CIA, from the days of Solomon and Cromwell, from the days of, uh, you know, the Dulles brothers, what were they? Lawyers representing corporations. What did they do? They went into our government and they rearranged power structures so that the CIA could make things around the world in the most suitable environment for big business, multinational corporations. So if you are a regular old red, white, and blue American who believes in democracy, who believes in self-rule, who believes in your vote should matter, you're looking in the wrong place for evil, the evil deep state. It's not some dude at the State Department who outed Trump on a phone call to Ukraine. That's not the deep state, dude. The deep state is fucking billionaires who run corporations that are multinational. Now think about this for a second. 
If you're a corporation that makes money all around the world, do you have loyalty to the United States of America? Fuck no. You don't give a shit whether America rises or falls. You don't give a shit about any of that patriotism, the flag. Fuck all that. You care about the almighty dollar. That is all that multinational corporations care about. They don't care about human beings. They don't care about child fucking labor. They don't care about people being slaughtered. They don't care about any of that. It's all about power and money. Follow the money. So one of the most interesting characters in Trump's orbit, I guess, to me, is... That was a nice term. Orbit. I would have said... um dumpster fire or, well he does um, kind of have his own gravity he's kind of a <laughs> he's a large man <laughs> so <laughs> that was also a really nice way of, he is a large man he's a very large man he's a, is he, are we sure he's even a man let's not get into that <laughs> we don't want to start talking about michelle obama being a trans or some crazy shit that they that's another conspiracy theory. yeah if we say that that's what they'll come for us <laughs> well michelle obama like yeah shut up so, um, fucking Michelle Obama alone, you fucking assholes. So, Eric Prince, don't get me started on Obama either, because I'm going to bring him up in you a, know what? a minute later. Michelle Obama was an innocent woman. She did nothing wrong. I like her. I like Michelle Obama. She's a party to corruption. Yeah, so is fucking everyone at this she's point. She's living in the $12 million mansion in Martha's Vineyard right now. I mean, right, she's an elite, and I got to <laughs> hate her for that, but, you know, they all are. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, we will get into that, but I like Michelle Obama. Okay, Eric Prince. Okay. Do you know who Eric Prince is? I'm not familiar, no. A lot of people don't know who Eric Prince is, and I mean, I really can't blame him for that. I mean, I, I, this is one of the characters in the book that I did know who he was before I read the book. What book? Um, Proof of Conspiracy. Oh, okay. So, Eric Prince is... His father was, he, he inherited all of his money, about $1.3 billion when his dad died. His dad ran a, an automotive business where he made parts for automobiles, the sun visor in your fucking car, like, that lights up, shit like that. He was also a hardcore right-wing Christian who donated a lot of money to anti-LGBTQ groups. Of course. Um, and... He schooled Eric in those very uprighteous Christian ways. Now, you might be more familiar with Eric's older sister, Betsy DeVos. Oh, yeah, I do know her. <laughs> a lot of people know Betsy DeVos because she's, like, mentioned a lot, especially now with the school reopening deal. But they don't know who Eric Prince is. So so that's her brother. That's her brother, yes. Hmm. So, yeah, his dad, um, his dad made a lot of money. And then when he died, Eric inherited that money. So he didn't work his way to the top. None of them ever do. They don't know. Like, if you look up all these people who are pontificating about how, how you just have a meritocracy and you, you get what you work for and Gotta all this pull bullshit. yourself up by the bootstraps. bootstraps. The bootstrap preaching motherfuckers always inherit their goddamn money. They're always yeah. born with a silver spoon in their mouth yeah, and tell you to work your ass off. It's fucking crazy. The people that are always preaching about pull yourself up by the bootstraps are people who like pay other people to slip their boots on for them. And yeah. it's like, holy fuck, what? There's a lady that's a financial woman on MSNBC, I think it is, or C CBS this morning. Schlesinger, Laura Schlesinger. 
Anyway, she's on there one day talking about millennials and how their parents need to kick them out or make them pay rent because they need to work. And like, this is crazy too, because I think at this, at this pay, people are so misled about who millennials are because I'm the youngest of the millennials right. and I'm 25. Yeah. Right. We're well, not, we're not fucking 15 year olds. Well, okay? she's clueless. Anyway, she's not even connecting with, she's just preaching a fucking line of rich people that it's all millennial. Everything's millennials fault, even though they don't even know who millennials are. But, you know, she was going on this harangue one day about how kids need to also get out of their parents' house, support themselves, um, pay off their student loans and not expect someone to do it for them. Also, they need to save for their retirement. Like, she, this is fucking laughable. And I'm like, do you know what these people make at their jobs? Of course you don't. Because daddy got you a job at a fucking investment place when you graduated college. Because daddy was rich and daddy got you everything. I mean, this chick has no business telling anybody how to manage their money. Now, of course, she managed 360 fucking million dollars at some place where she worked that was other people's money, but she didn't work for any of that. You know what I mean? They paid her a lot of money to manage other people's money, but she got the job because of her dad. So I don't know. I just hate these people like Tucker Carlson and all these people. Yeah, didn't he just, somebody said it. I thought it was Tucker Carlson just said the other day some remark about, well, if they can't survive on, you know, go out and get a job and make $50,000 a year. And everyone was like, who the fuck? Who makes $50,000 a year? Where did you pull that? Like, that just really shows how fucking disassociated you are right. from real world. Because that's like middle class, dude. Right. Yeah. Who the fuck makes that? I know people with master's degrees that don't make that much money. Right. In like real fields, too. I'm not talking like a master's in art. I'm talking like real shit. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And they don't make that much no. money. So what are you talking about? So, uh, yeah, Eric Prince, born in 1969. Eric, his older sister, Betsy DeVos, were brought up in a rigid Christian environment, attended Holland Christian High School, and then the U.S. Naval Academy. He dropped out after three semesters. Attended Hillsdale College, majoring in economics. Graduated in 1992, which made him 23 years old. While he was at Hillsdale, he interned in the White House under George H.W. Bush. Now, let me ask you this. So, Hillsdale ain't exactly fucking Yale. He doesn't sound like he had a stellar academic background. Like, it doesn't say he graduated magna cum laude from fucking, you know what I'm saying? Hillsdale College. And he ends up at 23 years old interning for George H.W. Now, do you think he got that just from his hard work? They only send those rich white boys to college so that they can uh, sufficiently learn how to rape someone. That's that's like how they. That's why they send them there. So clearly, Daddy's connections got him this internship, right? <laughs> right? Right. This is what I'm talking about. Like this is not an earned thing. You got that. You got that internship because of who your daddy was. Okay, so he left the George H. W. Bush White House because. He didn't like that homosexuals are invited in, didn't approve the budget Clean Air Act, you know. Uh, and then so he left that internship and went to California and interned for Congressman Dana Rohrbacher, who incidentally has openly expressed pro-Putin and pro-Russia views, um, which might explain why Trump had him on the short list for his secretary of state before he hired Rex Tillerson. Um, Rex Tillerson, CEO of Exxon. Right. Um, anyway, so I think he's had like six secretary states though, right? (laughs) 
don't fuck. At this point, I, I, I can't I think it was track. Rex Tillerson. Honestly, I'm not 100% sure now that you say that. Because I thought maybe Rex Tillerson was the energy. Yeah, Department Rex Tillerson was. Department of Energy. Department of Energy. So anyways, but yeah, so Rohrbacher was on Trump's short list because he was very pro-Putin and pro-Russia. And also because he made the comment that Iraq should pay the United States back for all the money that we spent oh, no. liberating them. It says Rex Tillerson, former United States Secretary of State. Okay, yeah, I thought he, I thought he was. So um, anyway, so then, um, and actually this Rohrbacher's a weirdo too because I went through his bio and... He, early in his career, he espoused almost anarchist views, libertarian. He worked for Reagan. It was kind of like a severe anti-communist, cold warrior, whatever. But very weird, my opinion, guy. So anyways, so that's who Eric Prince ended up interning for in, in lieu of George H.W. Bush. So then that brings us up to like 1997. And he started this company called Blackwater. Don't know if you've ever heard of Blackwater. So Blackwater is a para, like a, like a private military training. Oh, wonderful. So, um, well, I skipped one thing. He you went, know what? How come they fucking Waco other people for doing that? But this guy. Can right. Just That's a good point. Um, but after college, he went in as a commissioned officer now back in the United States Navy. The one he dropped out of the Naval Academy after three semesters. He went back in, um, commissioned as an officer which I'm not sure if that, how he did that, because, you know, if you drop out, you just come back in and you're like, oh, we're going to commission you as an officer. Like, again, probably had to do with daddy's money. But anyways, um, so he became, uh, he went to officer school in 1992, went on to became a become a Navy SEAL, and was deployed with SEAL Team 8 to Haiti, the Middle East, and the Balkans. So while he was doing that SEAL stuff, he decides, hey, you know what we need? We need training facilities, private training facilities for military people. So he comes back and he sets up Blackwater in North Carolina. Okay. And between 1997 and 2010, Blackwater was awarded $2 billion, B billion in government security contracts. More than $1.6 billion were unclassified federal contracts and an unknown amount of classified work. From 2001 to 2010, the CIA awarded up to $600 million in classified contracts to Blackwater. Yeah, this is what kills me when people always try to talk shit on universal health care. And I'm just like, you truly have no idea the amount of money that we scoop around. You know, we're not even talking about money the Pentagon loses. We're talking about, like, shit that we have record of that we pay people. Right. I mean, holy fuck. And the thing people got to realize, too, is when you say privatize, whenever the Republicans talk about privatizing Social Security, privatizing military contracting, private, anything, anything that's privatized is much harder for the American public to get information about it because we can't file a Freedom of Information Act on Blackwater. It's a private company. The only way that we found out the stuff that Blackwater was involved in is because there were investigations into how the money got spent that he was spending so some of the stuff came out, some of the sham. Which is he, just total bullshit anyway, because I feel like if, a, if any corporation or company or private organization gets federal funding, it should be free game. You're open books. It should I be, mean, yeah. You know, I just, I found out today that um, I got a weird text message a month ago from a military recruiter, text message to my private phone. 
And I just text back and was like, fuck off. Um, but someone else that I know got a text message today and they were like, oh, have you considered blah, 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 blah. And she replied, you know, at one point I did consider it, but, uh, then learning the statistics about how, how high sexual assaults go, you know, or mm-hmm. happen and then are not followed through with, um, in the military, I decided that, yeah, I would rather not. Yeah. And, uh, she's like, please don't ever fucking contact this number again. I don't know how you got it. So then we all learned that, um, when you apply for government funding for college, your information is provided to them. Mm. So I'm like, oh, so my private information is okay, free mm-hmm. game to be sold or given to anyone because I asked for money. But when companies do it, no, no, they don't have to provide no, it. Absolutely not. I mean, this is the shit that I'm like, you know, conservatives always want to be pissed off about stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, there's plenty of shit for you to be pissed exactly. off about. So why are you fucking nitpicking what they tell you to? And Instead honestly, of actually being mad about shit that affects all of us. like Right. And honestly, it pisses me off, too, because, you know, as much as I despise Sean Hannity and, and Fox News and Russell and Wall and all them for getting on there with these fantastical, juvenile, really, rantings about the deep state, why doesn't CNN ever focus on fucking the corruption that goes on on the right wing? Like, what the fuck, Because man? they're involved, too. There's enough shit that they could... They could out some people and make their show a little bit more interesting. Like, I like Sanjay Gupta, but you know what? Give Sanjay a break. Give Dr. Fauci a break. And that's another thing, too. Like, we could spend days on the Fauci conspiracies. It's insane. It's totally insane. So back to Blackwater. So um, Blackwater became the uh, State Department's, the th- it was the third largest um military contractor and i would say probably behind lockheed martin and boeing maybe um so built in he built his uh he built his his training camp basically in uh north carolina and then he built a shooting range on in rural virginia uh land that he had in rural virginia as a nearby training facility for cia who were headquartered in langley virginia and in his memoir says that he provided the CIA with links to Afghan warlords who helped to topple the Taliban and drive Al-Qaeda into hiding. <laughs> okay, so a 2007 investigation found that Blackwater was overbilling the U.S. by manipulating its personnel records. Shocker. Yeah. And the Black, Blackwater guards were partying drinking and crashed a $180,000 armor car. So that all came out in the 2007 investigation. Um, an employee stated that the Blackwater guards felt that they were above the law. In 2005, Blackwater employees fired 70 rounds of ammunition into an Iraqi vehicle. In 2006, an ambulance driver in Iraq was killed by uncontrolled fire from Blackwater employees. And in 2007, Blackwater employees opened fire on an unarmed group of Iraqis, killing 17, one of which was a nine-year-old boy. So they continued to come under increased scrutiny because of these mishaps. And um, a whistleblower told The Intercept that Blackwater actually encouraged an environment in which Iraqis were killed for sport. One former Blackwater employee in a sworn statement in federal court said that Eric Prince sees himself as a, quote, Christian crusader tasked with eliminating Muslims 
and the Islamic faith from the globe. Now that sounds very Steve Bannon-ish, because Steve Bannon is a psycho, but he has some kind of religious Templar kind of psycho about him that he believes in the Christian right, but it's so weird because he looks like a, a raging alcoholic. <laughs> like he just looks like a scumbag. Just you just look at him and you're just like, ew, oh, like something is just seriously <laughs> fucked up about this guy. <laughs> and like in his divorce, when his wife divorced him, I think. You know, it was when it came out about him, you know, being physically abusive to her. And like he hit her one time when she had her 19 month old baby or something. I mean, it was it was it's he's just an ugly human being. So but the whole Christian like Templar on a crusade thing kind of reminded me of Steve Bannon. So anyways, all of this stuff happened with him cheating the government, fucking killing people, you know, all this crazy shit happened. Right. So then Obama comes to town. Obama comes, becomes president and awards Blackwater more contracts. Yeah, of course. So Barack Obama. How disappointing. <laughs> Barack Obama took office in 2009. Um, and uh, in 2010, Barack Obama's administration awarded the company $120 million in contracts and about $100 million in new CIA work. So 220 mil, that's what your reward is for being a fuck up? I mean, that's pretty scary. It's really pretty scary. Um, so Prince was part of a CIA task force created to kill terrorists. Allegedly, the House Intelligence Congressional Committee leaked his name to the press. <laughs> Prince said that he's convinced that a former CIA director, Leon Panetta, outed him as a CIA asset after shutting down the covert CIA training operation in 2009. So then he went on to do private security for the United Arab Emirates. You know, it's kind of crazy because if I hire you to patrol my property to deter thieves or whatever, and then you go out and just fucking kill someone, you know, and the cops are like, well, you paid this person to kill them. And I'm like, no, I mean, not really. They're going to be like, no, this is clearly like your responsibility. This person was on your property. You paid them to be there and they fucking killed someone like you're liable. Mm -hmm. And that's how the fucking courts are going to see it. Mm -hmm. But that's literally what the U.S. government did. They hired these people. Right. Fucking random ass people. Right. And they're like, all right, we want you to be a counterterrorist group. And then they went out and killed innocent people. Mm -hmm. And we're just like, oh, we're not liable for that right <laughs> that's not how what? and what's really interesting is in his in his he's been questioned about this a number of times in public and i've watched interviews with him and he's a fucking horrible liar like he supposedly arranges all these backroom deals and everything and contracts and shit but like when you watch him you're like this guy's fucking horrible like an interviewer is asking him a question and he keeps going uh 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 well uh uh like now when he's talking the rest of the time he doesn't do that but when you ask him a question, you can tell that he's fucking lying. Like, he's so obviously lying. And I, the only thing I can think of is that when he goes into these negotiations with people in the government and contracts, the CIA, whatever, he's under no pressure because they know he's a scumbag and they don't care. Right, yeah, exactly. See what I'm saying? Because if you had to actually cover your shit when you're doing these backroom negotiations, you would be a hell of a lot better at it than to go on 
fucking squawk box on CNBC or somewhere and people ask you a question and you look like you're going to shit your pants. I don't know. So I just despise this guy. But anyway, here's another thing you want to ask yourself. So after that, he went to do private security for the United Arab Emirates. Okay. Now think about this. This guy has worked for the United States military, has all this knowledge, all this fucking knowledge from the CIA. Mm hmm. And he goes to do private work for United Arab. I call that a little bit of a fucking conflict of interest. That's treason. That's okay. treasonous fucking behavior right there. So some people might say, well, he's, he's a private business, so we didn't want his services anymore, so he's free to go offer his service. Okay, but he has special knowledge. Like, we gave him security clearances. He knows shit about America. And these were, a lot of these were, like, bodyguard services for shakes and people with a lot of money. But still, you can't have a guy running around the world involved with all these other governments that knows all your shit. Unless all these people just work together. And it's just a big illusion that they don't. So, Blackwater faced mounting legal problems in the United States. Prince was hired by the Crown Prince of Abu Dhabi, and he moved to Abu Dhabi in 2010. His task was to assemble an 800-member troop of foreign troops for the United Arab Emirates, which was planned months before the Arab Spring. So, he's over there creating his company, private army for United Arab Emirates. And then in January 2011, he was training a force of 2,000 Somalis for an anti-piracy operation in the Gulf of Aden. The program was funded by several Arab countries. I mean, how do you just get a license to kill like that, honestly? Well, you know... Like, if we were just like, all right, we're going to get a group of people together and we're going to be our own military group that people can hire. And somebody hires us and we kill somebody, like, no, that's murder for hire. Like, how, how do they get away with... How do they... How is that allowed? Mm-hmm. I mean, what the fuck? Well, it's interesting, too, because it says here that um, John Burnett of Maritime Underwater Security Consultants said there were 34 nations with naval assets trying to stop piracy, and it can only be stopped on land. With Prince's background and rather illustrious reputation, I think it's quite possible that it might work. So this is what he does. He sells himself as superior to your standard army, your standard government-paid military. He says he's more efficient, yet he's been caught scamming the government by his personnel records. He's been involved in all kinds of financial fraud where he has all these subsidiary companies. So, like, he hires, a company hires his, one of his company's subsidiaries to do something, and they're like, okay, so they give the company a bill and it has all these other listed companies that they had to contact for services. They're all also his companies. So that's like me saying to you, hey, uh, Duke, I'm going to go ahead and like take care of your house and your maintenance or whatever, your, your yard. I'm going to do all that. Okay. And you're like, oh, okay. So I'll send you the bill. Then I, you see on the bill where well, I hired this housekeeping service to come in for the house. I hired this, you know, for the lawn. Meanwhile, those are my companies too. And I'm just blowing the bill up with all these subsidiaries that I'm hiring, that I have to hire because you hired me to do the job. That's what the kind of schemes that Eric Prince runs, but then he markets himself as some kind of money-saving operation that's much better than the 
regular military. Which is total bullshit in the first place because we talk about creating jobs in this country and it's like, all right, well then no more of this bullshit. This all needs to be U.S. government run. These all need to be U.S. government organizations. Mm-hmm employing american citizens and it's true that waste is found out and and that we do have waste of the government that's oh, not absolutely. our at issue but at least there's freedom of information acts there's people right, exactly. there's government watchdog organizations that find this stuff out so the only way this stuff's been found out is because employees apparently disgruntled employees probably report him and and things like that but i mean he's a private company how well and you know our government does this on purpose so they don't have to hold any kind of liability I'm assuming that's why it is, because if they hire this guy, then, you know, I mean, just as a random made up scenario, if they hire this guy and they're like, we need you to get information out of this guy and they go and waterboard the guy. Right. It's like, well, you know, he did that in another country and he's just a company we hired. So they're not a part of any conventions. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly why they do it. Because we sign things and say, oh, we won't torture people and we won't use tear. We won't use uh, what is it? Poison gas on people, blah, 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 blah. But then we just hire companies to do it yeah. for us. So we and then we have liability. plausible deniability because we're like, well, we, we didn't, didn't know. know. Yeah. yeah. A classic American. Exactly. Movie. Exactly. Fuck this fucking country. So then after he pretty much was a failure in the, I, what I would call a failure in the private security business because he got so much caught doing so much illegal shit. Oh, it's probably a success in his eyes, though. I mean, in a sense, is it's always a success because... When he's doing these jobs for these other countries, he's making contacts. And what you find out with these kinds of people, the true deep state people, they get into the positions they're in because of who they are, who their parents are, how much money they have. And so then they have kids and they make sure their kids get into the thing. So the, the unelected bureaucrats, the, the actual deep state people that are running things are rich, super rich fucking families who hand like a monarchy their power to their children that go like the Rockefellers. They just hand the shit down and they the same elite circle of people has been running the country, J.P. Morgan and his fucking, since the beginning of the country. You know, so that's that's the deep state. Yeah, at this point I'm just like, I don't know. America was a good experiment and it's been a good run, but... Uh, <laughs> I'm just done with it. I mean, it's a fucking disaster. It's a failure. At this point, the corruption runs so deep and is so unchecked. And at this point, so many people are just checked out. They just don't even care. You know what I mean? About this kind of shit. They're just like, whatever. I mean, you could literally... I don't know. I mean, I think the people on the far left, and when I say far left, I mean like, um, like progressive thinking minds. People who are like, yeah, the whole government is corrupt and we need to just fucking clean all of this shit out. No more of this. All of this needs to be exposed. There are those people, and I feel like, okay, that's logical, and it's hopeful, but it's like, how realistic is that? But then you have the two major parties, the left and the right, and any time you try to confront either one of those with any information of this, if it implicates anyone they've been brainwashed into supporting, they just say they don't care. And I'm like, how can you say that, I just, how do you not care? What do you mean you don't care? Well, I think there's so much corruption that it's hard to keep track of it all. I mean, and I'm not, yeah, exactly. I'm not asking every single person to be passionate about every corrupt thing that happens right. <clears throat> or even be informed about every corrupt things. But like, at least when someone brings it to your attention, right. instead of just being like defending it, you right. could be like, wow, that's fucked. 
and like make a mental note of that. Right. But they just they defend it on fucking both sides. They defend it, and I'm yeah. like, why? Well, what I, are you getting from defending this? The why comes back to follow the money. They defend it because they're getting they're getting a slice of the pie. Well, not average everyday people. Not average. That's where the propaganda comes in. That's why you got the Sean Hannity's. That's why you get the Rush Limbaugh's to get out there and push this deep state bullshit narrative to keep people distracted, to keep people thinking in black and white terms of Trump's the good guy. He's out there to bust the Hillary Clinton sex child sex pedophile ring that she's operating. Oh, my God. Today. I saw a fucking thing today where I follow this page called conservatives getting angry about things they made up (laughs) and it's really funny but this they share posts that conservatives post unironically like they legitimately believe it and then they share it to this group and like we all laugh at it and the one post the lady shared was that this was all a democratic ploy the coronavirus was all a democratic ploy to make people wear masks so that people being trafficked including children can't mouth the words help. Yeah, that's what she said. That's some loony shit. And I was like, that is beautiful. Yeah. That is fucking creative. It's like a new level. Like if you go on and you see like. like let's not talk about how children that are nine don't have to wear masks or let's. Right. I mean, it's a global conspiracy. Like I, I just, there's just so many yeah. things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, and let me they just believe say, that shit. And let me just say that most really good conspiracy theories, I believe. Start with a kernel of truth. Like the, you know, vaccine being some kind of uh, tracking device and shit, okay? So we know from CIA released documents that the government used vaccines and put things in the vaccines that made women sterile. Because there were racist fucks back then who said, look, we're going to separate society into people that are good enough to breed, people that are good enough for pets. Basically, right. we'll, we'll let them live. They Which don't need we euthanized, actually, uh, but we don't want them to breed. And then the people that need euthanized. We did a whole episode on this. You, if you guys want to go back and listen to it, it's the episode, uh, tight, I don't remember what the title is, something about, it's eugenics. Mm-hmm. We did a whole episode on eugenics. So if you want to hear more specifically about that and how, I mean, we talk about how the Nazis did that. But America did that too. Right, yeah, eugenics was a big thing. Go back and check out that episode if you want to hear more about that. Yeah. So vaccines and the idea that, you know, the CIA, when they were doing experiments on radioactive shit, they injected people with that and didn't tell them. So this fear of the government, the the chemtrails thing, we went into how that started probably because people that worked on this um, Operation Sea Spray where they, the government actually took and dispersed chemical, dis, dispersed biological agents over San Francisco to see how many people would get sick. They tested the effectiveness of biological and chemical weapons on the American public without their fucking knowledge. And so... Right, pe- so when people say shit like this, I'm not like, oh, that's impossible because our government would never do that. That's not right. my fucking beef with right. you at all. Right. It's just, where is your evidence? Right, that's the thing. Like, it's not wrong that you don't trust the government. That part is right. But the error is that you're, you're believing a good story that has no factual basis. And right. the problem is if you're chasing down rabbit holes of fake conspiracies, you're not focusing on corruption that's right in fucking front of you. Yeah, exactly. That's so, like this whole Wayfair thing. Have you heard about this Wayfair yes, sex trafficking Wayfair. thing? You know, somebody was telling me about this and I was like, all right, so let me just bring up the most obvious point, which is 
the dark web's a thing and it's not hard for people to access. Right. And they've been trading people, human beings, on the dark right. web forever. Right. Since the internet. So right. why would Wayfair, a public company, take that risk? And they're just like, well, I don't know, but they're definitely, you know, doing it. It's just too coincidental. And I'm like, okay, well, what about if someone just happens to buy that because we know in our, in our government overspending that sometimes fucking people do pay $12,000 for a cabinet you can get mm -hmm. at Walmart for $20. It's, it's fucking not unheard of. This is what rich people fucking do with their money. Mm -hmm. So what does a kid just show up inside of it? I mean, do they send you an email and be like, hey, did you want the kid? Like, really? Right. They're going to go through all of that and possibly make get a mistake. Out. Yeah, and right. get, possibly get busted. You know? And then lastly, there's literally videos coming out of these people they're claiming are missing that are like, yeah, yeah I ran away from home yeah. and, you know, whatever. I'm not really missing. I'm not missing. I haven't right. been missing in a long time. Like, these are old. And, right. and it's like... Just those top three things for why this is nonsense, and they just don't believe it. And I'm like, listen, again, a shred of truth. Is there massive sex trafficking going on? Right, yeah. Are right, there pedophiles right, in every level right. of Hollywood and politics? Yep. And Yes, there is. Yep. Absolutely. Those things, yes, they're yep. true. But do I believe Wayfair and fucking Pizzagate? No, dude, I don't. Well, and the thing is... They don't have to make these elaborate right. schemes. Look at what Jeffrey Epstein was doing. It's not... They do it out right. in the open. They don't have to hide it. And the thing is, you know, when Jeffrey Epstein got arrested the first time and was given that sweetheart deal in Florida... Yeah, what was that, 2004, 2003? Yeah, I believe so. So it kills me that people are like, well, you know, I'm like, well, everybody's already... I mean, they let Jeffrey Epstein go the first... And they were like, well, no one knew about this shit until recently. And I'm like, no, the man was charged right. before. Right. So... And the sweetheart deal that he was given was so obnoxious. I mean, how do you make a plea deal with people that you don't even, that are anonymous? You don't even know who they are. So they made a plea deal with him and they said that they could not prosecute him in the future or any of his unnamed co-conspirators. That's not even a legal agreement because you're making an illegal contract with people who aren't even present, aren't even named, aren't even there to say, yeah, I agree to this. Like none of that. Like they're not even named. It's just... So what, if I get busted for a sex crime in Florida, I can go, oh, by the way, I was Jeffrey Epstein's friend, and I'm one of the unnamed co-conspirators. You can't really charge me. Right. Like, what the fuck? That's ridiculous. But guess what? The guy that resigned that was Trump's, uh, in, in his administration, uh, oh, what was his name? Acosta? Alex Acosta? Yeah, Alex Acosta. He was some position in Trump's, he was the one that made that deal. And when it came out, he resigned, and I haven't heard shit about him since yeah, then. Where is he at? Why is he not being questioned about that deal? And why is he not having to suffer some consequence for that deal? When every time people start trudging up this Jeffrey Epstein thing, I really, I really truly believe, like, maybe people are going to start looking into us, but they don't, and they get distracted by, like, oh, yeah, Wayfair selling children. I'm like, no, 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 Well, no. listen, let me just say this right now, because when I looked into the Jeffrey Epstein thing, the most shocking thing to me about all of it because I went through all the plane records, the people that were on his plane. I tracked Bill Clinton where he got on and got off the plane. Like, I went crazy with this shit. And I kept thinking to myself, like, if any president, including Trump, really, in their deepest heart of hearts, wanted to stop child trafficking, the one thing that they could do is require there to be security cameras that are remotely, in other words, the person at the airport cannot tamper with the cameras. And they had to have the same security at private airports that they do at regular airports. These kids that were taken on these planes that were not of age, no fucking parents approved of it, no passports, no fucking, they just went out on the tarmac and got on Jeffrey's plane and got flown off to a fucking island. Right, and I mean, at this point, 
I don't know. If you've flown any time since 2001, you know the TSA has more power than fucking, like, anyone. So it's like... You're telling me we have to go through all these fucking hoops and jumps and I can't Get take X-rayed, I can't take off a, and I can't take a bottle of shampoo on a plane all this shit. But if you have a private plane, no problem. No, right. Exactly. I mean, what the fuck? That's insane. It's insane. And you know, if you go on Google Earth and just scroll around, just scroll around in the ocean, how many private islands there are? You think that this child sex trafficking bullshit that Epstein was doing, that was just the tiniest fucking tip of the iceberg and after we get through with prince real quick i'm going to mention another guy too but i better hurry up because i run out of time so anyways after prince got out of the private security business he opened another investment company called frontier services group okay um and purchased stakes in two kenyan aviation companies now What's interesting to me about his future dealings after that, he has a Hong Kong-based, this Frontier Group is like Hong Kong-based, it's on their stock market in Hong Kong. And he was questioned on CNBC by the two investment guys on there, financial guys. And they were asking him about like, well, doesn't it bother, you were part of Trump's, you know, campaign, you're a big Trump supporter, but yet your company, one of the largest holders in your company your private security company over there is is China. Like they own a the government of China owns like a huge chunk of your of your company. So like, how do you feel about that? How does Trump feel about that? And he was really gave a really shitty answer. But I find it interesting that Eric Prince goes over to to Hong Kong and is training people for private security in China. And then look what happens in Hong Kong. You see what I'm saying? So he's over in the Middle East preparing an, uh, you know, a private army basically for the United Arab Emirates before the Arab Spring erupted. Before, right before the Arab Spring erupted. He's over there getting a private military together for the UAE. Then he goes to China and he's developing some kind of private security business in China. And then the Hong Kong protests happen kind of interesting it's almost like he knows what's about to happen so yeah if you want to look at your deep state look at people like him it's not uh vinman <laughs> okay so there's so much more to say about eric prince he's a corrupt piece of fucking shit if you get any time go look at his interviews go look at his videos you could tell the guy's like lying through his teeth and he's just a sociopath and all he cares about is money. And he will literally diss the United States military in a heartbeat because he wants to convince you to spend your money with him instead of spending it on our troops, which I'm against war. I'm a pacifist. Everybody knows that. But so I definitely don't want a private fucking mercenary army out there. Definitely don't want that. Okay, so the next person that I wanted to mention is George Nader. Because um, George Nader is a thread that is woven throughout this Proof of Conspiracy book. And he came up briefly in the Mueller investigation. If you were following the Mueller investigation, there was this like blip where George Nader was questioned. And honestly, I'd never heard of George Nader. And uh, I was thinking of the guy that was the Democratic guy. His last name's Nader. And I was like, wait a minute, like, I'm confused. Like, is it that guy? 
Like that's how I, I didn't know. I didn't know who George Nader was. So he came to this country. He was a Lebanese American businessman and he started a newspaper and he would interview people from the Middle East, like people that we would kind of consider like possible enemies. And, you know, he would interview like Palestinian leaders and Israeli leaders and Arab leaders. And he interviewed all these people. So he, he, his newspaper was this tiny little newspaper, but then the more that he got kind of, it was called the Middle East Eye. And as he got more of these contacts in these higher, you know, upper echelons of the Middle Eastern government, you know, people in Washington, D.C. started saying, hey, like, we need to hire that guy. We need right? to hire that. We need to <laughs> get that. We, that guy has contacts. It's always the people with contacts that they want to, you know, finagle into these positions. Um, so during George W. Bush's, H.W. Bush, he helped uh, American hostages in Lebanon um, after the Iran Contra affair. During the Clinton administration, Nader tried unsuccessfully to broker an Israeli-Syrian peace agreement. So we've got this guy going over there who's a private citizen who's not really in a governmental position negotiating, like, huge shit, okay? Um, he was working with Estee Lauder, heir Ronald Lauder, which is weird. Estee Lauder's like fucking makeup people. <laughs> But apparently people with a ton shit, shit ton of money. Um, in the 2000s, Nader left Washington, spent most of his time in the Middle East, especially in Iraq, and after the 2003 Iraq invasion. <clears throat> Since then, Nader has volunteered, volunteered with U.S. politicians to act as a shadow diplomat, connecting them to Middle Eastern officials. Eric Prince, founder of security firm Blackwater, hired Nader to help him with contracts in the Iraqi government. In a 2010 deposition, Prince identified Nader as a, quote, business development consultant. In 2016, Nader met with Donald Trump Jr. at Trump Tower, offering his assistance to his father's presidential campaign. Nader served as an envoy representing Saudi Arabia's crown prince and de facto ruler Mohammed bin Salman, MBS who cut up somebody with a fucking bone saw, <clears throat> and Mohammed bin Zayed al-Nayan, the crown prince of the Arab uh, Emirate of Abu Dhabi. So also somebody Prince knew. The meeting included Eric Prince and Joel Zamel. Now who's Joel Zamel? An Israeli specialist in social media manipulation and owner of the intelligence gathering firm, including Wikistrat, and Psy Group, who bragged to have received $2 million from Nader as part of the presidential campaign. So these are the people that were like manipulating social media to try and help Trump get into office because they wanted Trump in there because Trump is a stooge and he's super easy to manipulate. And these people saw a, a, a sitting duck when they saw Trump. They're like, this guy be putty in our hands because he knows nothing. So, um, Nader attended a December 2016 meeting in New York between the United Arab Emirates officials and President-elect Donald Trump's associates, Jared Kushner, Michael Flynn, and Steve Bannon. In January 2017, he was at a meeting on the, in the Seychelles Islands between the Emirates and Eric Prince and was present when Prince met with officials from the UAE and 
Kirill Dmitriev, head of the state-run Russian Direct Investment Fund. Now, what's really funny about that is that when Eric Prince was interviewed on CNBC, the younger interviewer of the two of them is like asking me some pretty hard fucking questions. And he's kind of sliming around them, you know. And meanwhile, this older interviewer is sitting over there looking really pissed off. I'm thinking, okay, what's going on here? Because like body language alone, you could tell this this older guy is just like fucking like he like he can't stand Eric Prince. But anyways, they ask him, so what did Mueller want to ask you? What did Mueller want to talk to you about? And Eric Prince says, uh, well, uh, I went to meet an old friend from the UAE that, uh, you know, that I had known from my work in the UAE. And uh, there was a Russian there. (laughs) Now, he tries to act like, Eric Prince tries to act like, he just went to meet his old buddy that he met in the UAE and what the heck, just by coincidence, some, some random Russian dude happened to be there. It's like, no, it was the fucking head of the Russian bank, like the Russian direct investment fund, like in charge of Russia's fucking assets. It wasn't just some Russian guy. Like he's such a bad liar. Like I said, it's just hilarious to me. So anyway, the thing about George Nader is George Nader is a repeat convicted pedophile. His pedophilia over the years, he's gotten caught with pornography. He's gotten caught um, bringing 14-year-old boy into the United States to have sex with him. Uh, This guy is the slimiest of the slimy pedophiles. And so these QAnon people who say, well, Trump is really secretly working with Mueller because... They're really trying to bust this child pedophile ring that's worldwide and Hillary Clinton organized and all this. But there's a picture of George Nader and Trump standing side by side, chummy as all get out. Nader was instrumental in meeting with Don Jr. and hobnobbing with Russians and hobnobbing with these, you know, MBS and all these other criminal world criminals. So you're telling me that Trump is some kind of hero that's trying to save the United States, bring us back to a time of moral greatness and stop pedophilia, but yet these are the characters that are behind the scenes working in the Trump administration? A known pedophile. This guy was convicted in like Croatia, I think it was. No, the I'm sorry, the Czech Republic. He spent a couple years in jail in the Czech Republic because he molested like 10 boys over there. Like, this guy's for real is a fucking pedophile. Like, you want to talk about Jeffrey Epstein? This guy is worse than Epstein. The last thing they caught him with on his phone, he was, he was coming back into the United States this last time when Mueller's team arrested him. And he had several cell phones with him. And on one of the cell phones, they found pictures of young people. I believe some of them were extremely young. And they involved bestiality. Wow. Right? Yeah, I just looked it up. I found a picture of this guy standing next to Trump. Yeah. Buddy, buddy. Now, after that picture was taken, because people told Trump, you know, you really shouldn't tease that guy's kind of, I don't think you want to have your picture taken with him. And so Elliot Broidy, who is a famous 
Republican fundraiser, gave Trump $180,000 right after that picture was taken. Hmm. Donated $180,000. Oh, and Eric Prince, by the way, donated like some $350,000 to super PACs that helped elect Trump. So, um, again, follow the money. But, yeah, like this book, if I go through it and I just list the individuals in this book that are all in these meetings with Don Jr., meetings with, um, who's the other Trump goon? Jared Kushner. All these people that they were like sending text messages to and hooking up with and secret meetings and shit, they're all the biggest scumbags. Like, I'm sure Hillary's got her total list of scumbags too. So not to just to say that, like I'm sure she does. But these people are just disgusting. So where do these QAnon people come up with this ridiculous notion that these are the people going to save America? So anyway, that's the that's my two featured people for this episode. <laughs> George Nader and Eric Prince, two of the most disgusting and dangerous individuals that you could ever imagine, all wrapped up. Oh, and one other thing I wanted to mention about Eric Prince, his most recent adventure is in Africa. So have you heard about the cobalt mining that's been going on down there? I have not. In uh, the Democratic Republic of Congo, there was a recent article that came out which there's been lots of articles. This is such a sad, sad story. Um, so your cell phone, or all of our cell phones, electronic devices that use lithium batteries, apparently also need cobalt. And the, the biggest concentration of the world's cobalt is in the DNC. So China, being a manufacturer of many electronic devices, has a vast interest in Africa in getting this cobalt. So China's gone down there. They've set up all these uh, businesses to harvest or mine this cobalt. Children are exposed to toxic and horrible working conditions, toxic chemicals and horrible, horrible working conditions for extremely low pay in the Democratic Republic of of Congo. So Eric... Prince is involved in these mining operations. Now he claims that he's interested only in having legitimate mining operations that don't use child labor, that are done in a safe way. But A, he's a habitual liar. And B, investigators found out that the Chinese companies that own the legitimate mines or legitimate warehouse, like where they, the uh, wholesalers that sell the cobalt to like Apple and all these places, they're also getting it from the ch- child, child miners as well. So they have legitimate mines, they got the child workers, they're all funneled through these Chinese companies that are like, oh, we're selling cobalt only from legitimate mines, but they're getting some of it for, from these child workers too. So it's just a shell game so that they can't be held responsible for this horrible practice that's been going on for years and years and years. And there was a recent article about it on Twitter. I'm like, this is fucking horrible. So I searched in Google, 
And I found articles from like years ago. And this shit is still going on. Because who's going to stand up for poor little kids in Africa? Yeah, I say all the time America has, I mean, as much as we, I don't know, just kill. Every time there's a school shooting and people get on there and cry and they act like they feel so bad for these kids. And I'm just like, the reality is America doesn't give a shit at all. If we're not letting kids be raped and murdered in our own country, we're supporting it somewhere else, you know. Unknowingly, we, Yeah, I mean, even knowingly, you think that we don't, I mean, back to the conversation about liability. America's all about hiring somebody else so they don't got to take the liability. I mean, you're not telling me with all the fucking intelligence that we have that we can't figure out where these places are or just stop using those companies in general until we know well, that they're not. We could do that. But we don't really give a fuck. And that was the most recent thing that I saw was a boycott. Somebody was trying to organize a boycott against these companies that are using the cobalt from these child mines. But it's like, I will say one thing for Rush Limbaugh. As much as I despise him, he's a despicable human being. He did come up with one phrase that I think was very appropriate. The drive-by media. Oh, yeah. I mean, they fucking can't stay on anything. They report a story. They show you the horror of it and never follow up to see if it's ever been changed, ever been rectified, ever been dealt with. Like I said, just like the Jeffrey Epstein thing, they'll go on and on and on about that story because it has some salacious quality to it that makes people, the ratings go up. But they, they've they never asked the question of, they've never gone to these private airports where Epstein flew his planes out of with children and said, did anybody notice Right, that little kids were going on his plane? Did anybody say, hey, these kids have parents? Did anybody speak up at all? No, because he was Jeffrey Epstein. You know, did Bill Clinton in the 30 some odd trips he was on the planes going to Jeffrey's Island and back and flying all over Southeast Asia, which is a known place for child trafficking? Did he ever say, hey, uh, Jeffrey, like, what's with these kids on your planes? No, because he was part of that. Right. People in Arkansas had stories about Bill Clinton having party cocaine parties at his house with young girls that were underage. So I'm quite sure he did know about it. But you think that there would have been some person who was not part of it, who would have seen it, who would have said, this is fucked up. Yeah, but even if they did, there's just so many ways to bury that. I mean, those people, it's just the amount of control they have. I mean, even even if someone did see that and say it's fucked up and went to the police department or called the FBI or called the news, it's not like people like Jeffrey Epstein don't have their hand in all of that. I mean, or they have connections with someone who has their hand in that. I mean, that's the problem is that that guy could have got up on the rooftops and screamed it. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we can just make sure that shit never comes out. And I did find in his plane records that there were times that they went through regular airports in Florida and also JFK. They flew in and out of JFK. Now, maybe the times that they were in JFK, maybe those girls weren't on the plane. But I'm pretty sure there were times when there were, did they just land on the tarmac and refuel and they took off again? Because those the we're, we're in the roster of people, the names. The pilot just used initials sometimes, but then he would just write white female, white female. <laughs> like, that was the description, white female. You know, these girls that later alleged Jeffrey trafficked them was like, yeah, that was me. That was me. I was on that plane. You know? So why are we not holding these pilots accountable either? It's awful. Yeah, I don't know. There's so many Why do you have questions. no moral obligation? Why do you have any legal obligation to 
check the IDs of the people who you are fucking bordering in and out of the country. Like, yeah, uh, there's just so many loopholes. That's what I, that's what I mean about this fucking. It just kills me because they're like, oh yeah, you don't want to believe this Pizza Gate or this Wayfair because you're a fucking sheep. And I'm just like, I can't even. I don't even. I don't even know where to begin with you. Like you, you're the sheep. You're eating this story up. Do you think if this was a real story? That any of this would be on Facebook? Mm-hmm. No, so no, look, fucking wouldn't. So look, got put, a, put a GoPro camera on and walk into the pizza shop, the Sonic. Instead of taking a firearm in there like a nut job, go in with a hidden camera and just be like, "Hey, can uh, can I walk down in your basement? Can I walk around? Would you mind if I did that? Like, be an investigative reporter. Ask him, can you walk around? And if they give you some shady fucking answer, put that on YouTube. I'm not saying don't investigate the stuff. I'm just saying, like, if anybody really cared about child trafficking, they would look at what Epstein did now that that's, that one case is out in the open and say, gee, how can we close these loopholes? And right. nobody's doing that. Yeah, no one's doing that. No one's doing Which that. Which is why I just, when people talk about this shit, I just want to be like, go fuck yourself. You don't really care. You're just sensationalizing something for attention. There are real people who do investigate and bust out child trafficking rings. In particular in Southeast Asia, it's horrible. And a lot of the clients turn out to be American businessmen, European businessmen, Israeli businessmen. Like, there's been a lot of people busted in these, you know, child sex trafficking things. And it just needs to be, more of it needs to be exposed. And then we need to figure out how they're getting away with it to stop it. Rather than just salaciously reporting and go, ooh, ah, and then that's the end of it. So all you queuing on people, if you really want to fucking do something, stop waiting on Donald Trump to actually do something about child sex trafficking and having this fantasy that the Mueller investigation was really about that because it's over now and Hillary's not in jail. So you were fucking wrong. That wasn't what the Mueller investigation was about. Mueller wasn't secretly working with Trump. Trump really wasn't trying to stop child trafficking. Get your fucking clues together and figure out who is doing it, how they're doing it, and what we as citizens can do to try to fucking help. Because if y'all want to do something about it, hey, I'm, I'm with you. Because it is sick and it's sad. But they don't. They don't. Those people don't care about children at all. That's where you're wrong. This is just, that's just a, QAnon is just another uh, tool to stroke and boost up Trump. That has nothing to do with actually genuinely caring about children. Some of it, but I've seen some people that are kind of psycho about the kid aspect of it. And I think those people probably were abused when they were kids. And they're like, they think it's really, they believe the version that's put out there by these crazy people. And they just, they get sucked in by it because it's all emotion for them. But yeah, you're right. A lot of it is just ego stroking for Trump and hey, we're true patriots and all that bullshit. But yeah, I can't. It this just disgusts me so much. Every time I try to have a conversation with someone about looking at legitimate things, I, 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 can't, I just can't get past the, the five-second blurb that they read about on Facebook. And that's like, that's the end of it. That's, they just want to keep repeating that same thing that they read about on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And, and that's as far as they want to go with it until something else outrages them. Incidentally. So it's like, I just, I can't even, I can't even, it's not that I don't care, don't want to discuss these topics with people, but it's just like, I literally can't expend the emotions that it brings up in me to have this discussion with you when all you're going to do is be like, Pizzagate. Fake outrage. Right. I, just, I can't fucking do it, dude. Nader is in jail, by the way. Yeah, I actually just was just reading the article. He's about, been sentenced to 10 years in prison unless Trump pardons him on his way out. Yeah, we'll see. So probably He probably won't do that one just because it is so obvious. I mean, Roger Stone. Yeah, but it doesn't have to do with child pornography. But Roger was his friend for a long time, too, and Ralph Nader's not. He's expendable, so. 
not ralph george george oh, ralph's who you're thinking of though no. that's the name you're thinking yes. of but it's george ralph nader. nader is great ralph nader ran for president i think he is the guy that designed seatbelts <laughs> you you think that look it up look it up right now <laughs> you think ralph nader i think that he's the guy now you do sound like a trump supporter no but he <laughs> i think that trump is the guy that's gonna stop this <laughs> while you're looking that up about ralph nader and seatbelts um trump had an interview on fox news and he got destroyed i don't know if you saw that or not but anybody who wants to see trump just be mutilated in an actual real hard because you never get to see it nobody on fox ever asks him any real hard questions it's always just like ass kissing interviews oh my god he got destroyed no ralph nader was involved in consumer protection and he wrote um a book called unsafe at any speed yeah Um, but i think he mandated seatbelts be put into vehicles that's what i'm i'm still looking he made a joke about it because they were just like i'll ruin you and he was like what are you gonna do take seatbelts out of cars (laughs) the person that said they were gonna ruin him so he's like what are you gonna do to me (laughs) take seatbelts out of cars (laughs) i was like what a great response so i don't know it says they mandated him in 1968 but I don't know if that's because of him, but it, it did say that his book is like what, you know what I mean, what caused it, but I don't know if he specifically. Well, we'll have to find that out for our next episode, but. But he didn't invent seatbelts. <laughs> so Jerry Nadler, Jerry Nadler is the guy that was the congressman who was in the the Mueller investigation that was like one of the, he's the congressman that, that was like really pressing the whole Russia investigation. Hmm. So that's why when I said I got him confused with... Um, oh, yeah, okay. Nader. George Nader and Jerry Nadler. Because when they said George Nader, I was, they said he was a convicted pedophile. And I was like, what? What the... F- the guy that's running the Russia probe? And then I was like, oh, no, that's Jerry Nadler. So who's, who's George Nader? And I had to look him up, and I'm like, how has this guy not been in prison? Like, he's been... It's, he's a known convicted well, pedophile the first time, like over and over and over and over again. The first time that they caught him uh, with child pornography of like basically infants um, that he got off scot-free because he gave information about like people they were watching in yeah. Lebanon or something. And they said he, because of his delicate work in the Middle East. Yeah. But he got a baby. Well, the one time he got off on a technicality. It's okay that this guy rapes babies because he gave us some good information. Like that's your fucking logic. I mean, what a nasty person. They got to yeah. have him in solitary cuz you know he'd be fucking killed in prison. We can only hope. Gislaine. Oh, and yeah, is it was just going to say Gislaine Maxwell uh what while we're wrapping this up, did Trump really say that he wished her the best? Yes, I, he did. Oh my god. Yes, he did. Holy shit, dude. And and people pointed out on Twitter that the last four people that he wished well was Mike Flynn Roger Stone, and one other person that he he gave them all pardons mm-hmm. or commuted their sentences or did something to help them out of their legal troubles. So they, some people were saying, oh, that was a sign to Ghislaine, like, don't say anything about me and I'll get you out. But yeah, Trump's, Trump doesn't care. He doesn't care about sex trafficking at all. He doesn't whatsoever. care about anything. They said some of the girls that were rec- Ghislaine rec- recruited were from Mar-a-Lago. Yeah, they actually, I was watching the Netflix documentary about it, which kills me too, because p- people online talking about it, they're like, 
Well, all these people they interviewed that were involved with Jeffrey Epstein, they never named Trump. And I'm like, do you realize what a defamation lawsuit is? Like, do you realize if these people don't have absolute proof that he did this to them, that he can sue them? And these are just like regular people. They have no fucking money for legal defense against a defamation lawsuit if Trump decides he wants to fucking sue them. Like, if they didn't file criminal charges, if there was no, you know, if there was no allegation that was reported... Mm-hmm. Then the, the defamation loss, it would be so fucking easy. No, actually, it would be a little bit more difficult. But I'll tell you two reasons. Because defamation, when you're a public figure, it's really, the bar's a lot higher. Because people are pretty much allowed to say whatever they want about you because you're a public figure. And the second thing is, when you sue somebody for defamation, you have to prove that what they're saying is a lie. The burden of proof is on the actually the victim of the defamation. And you think that Trump's agenda couldn't prove one, I mean quote unquote prove aka make up some people that says oh no he was with me and secondly that it's hurting his election numbers or his business or something yeah he has to prove that there's some damage to him and that it is false i would absolutely believe that they would fabricate something Mm -hmm. so that they could sue those women there's no doubt in my mind that they they probably would would do a countersuit they probably would yeah something Mm -hmm. and these people don't have the funds for that so i'm like just the simple fact that these people didn't speak publicly on Trump during a fucking Netflix documentary doesn't mean that it didn't happen. Yeah. Like, shut, shut the fuck and up. And from what I heard, the girls that were recruited by Ghislaine from Mar-a-Lago were there doing legitimate jobs. They yeah, they were. just were. towel they girls were. and stuff. Like, they weren't doing anything They did illicit. interview yeah. the one girl from Mar-a-Lago. Mm-hmm. Um, she was a big part of that documentary or whatever. But, but even this, even the fucking Netflix documentaries, they only like very briefly touch the surface of this shit and they really don't go into any fucking details. It's like, I don't know. They, they could have done such a better job. But again, you have to have to worry about being sued. Mm-hmm. And I'd like to see somebody things. ask Bill Clinton, one of his, you know, he goes on TV and acts like he's fucking his shit doesn't stink. I'd like for somebody to ask him, so what is the picture the That's painting? The painting at Jeffrey Epstein's house of you wearing the blue dress. Yeah, what is that about? What's that about, Bill? That's pretty creepy. <laughs> and just to see his face, because I tend to think that, just like Eric Prince, like, people reveal themselves, even when they're lying. I mean, Bill Clinton's a way better liar. He's a good liar. But at the same time, like, I think I would see something. You just totally catch him off guard and see how he acts. <laughs> yeah, absolutely absolutely uh, but anyway do you have any closing thoughts no i've had fun talking about these scumbags i feel like we could do like a series oh we could definitely do a fucking scumbag series. series because just pick literally anyone in hollywood or politics yeah and there's fucking dirt i think i'm just gonna go with the people in this book for now and then um uh, it's such a complicated story but uh if we do bios on all the scumbags that are involved, and then we give you the story. I think it'll make a lot of sense. Yeah, we should do that. First, I th- I think I first started realizing how fucking deep these things go when I watched that uh, show about that one woman. I think her name's Christina Remy or something. She did. She was in Scientology, yes. and then mm-hmm. she escaped, and then she did a TV show about it, and she like talked about all these different people, and like I was just like, yeah, this shit. I'm one way or another, whether you're in politics or whether you're in a religion or just anything. Mm-hmm. Anything, man. There's fucking cults everywhere, dude. Networks. But I, I, I don't know why they're all obsessed with, like, fucking raping kids. Like, what is... I mean, why? I just... I don't know. I just think that once you get so much money, 
you know, for one thing, I think once you get so much money, there's like, what can you, what, what can't you do? Okay. And not that everybody, the money doesn't turn you into a pedophile, but I think people that are perverse, they want to get away with certain things and they, and once they get so much money, they can. And the other reason that I believe it happens in the upper echelons of government is because I do believe that when you're moving up through the, the levels of power, okay, to the highest echelons of power, those people want to know that they control you. So they got to get dirt on you. And it used to be they want to catch men with prostitutes and they want to, you know, have an affair on their wife. And so now they got you under their thumb. Now you're not going to talk out of school. You're not going to tell secrets because I know stuff about you. But as people got more accustomed to that, so what? Another politician got caught with another prostitute. They had to up the ante. And I think people like Jeffrey Epstein were our CIA, Mossad, intelligence experts, and they, they know how to talk to people to get them to talk about the dirty things they do. So if they can find out that you have a little bit of perversion for maybe 13-year-olds, then, you know, and I think that's what he really did. Jeffrey Epstein was like an intelligence gathering. I mean, he took people on that plane. He told people, this plane is up 40,000 feet in the air, dude. Like, nobody, nobody knows what you're doing up here. Like, you're safe. And he had that plane wired. All the houses that he had had pinhole cameras everywhere. So Ghislaine, I believe, is the inheritor of all that intelligence. I know. I really hope she is. I really hope something comes out of it. I hope this isn't just another, like, holding your breath, hoping that somebody's going to do the right thing, and she just fucking swallows it. I, I really hope she just exposes it all. I mean, what at this point, what the fuck does she have to lose? Well, see, when Jeffrey got busted, you know, I was like, okay, he has his information securely stored somewhere, right? To keep his ass safe because he had a lot of enemies. So a lot of people wanted him dead. So he has his information and that's his dead man switch. If you know anything about conspiracies, you got to know about a dead man switch. Right. So if he, he, if he gets offed, he tells all the people, if I die, shit's going to get released about powerful people. So you better make sure I'm not killed. So when he died, I thought, Okay, it's going to happen. Next couple of days, you're going to see some shit come out. Nothing came out. So then I started thinking he wasn't really dead, that they secreted him out of that prison and took him well, off Well, I'm still not convinced there either. I mean, I know that sounds crazy, but like, are you serious with all the fucking media attention this guy? And it's just like, yeah, just all of that was so fucking sketched out. I'm not, I mean, I'm not right. 100% convinced. No. So either one of two things, either he wasn't really dead. Or the person, why, you know, and like in those fucking in other countries and all, all over the place and all of history, you see like they always photograph the dead body right. of like someone that they've been after to like prove that they're fucking dead. Mm-hmm. But like that shit doesn't happen with people like Epstein or, you know, Hitler. Well, they got him. Fucking... They got him on the way into the hospital. Yeah. And there's people that said it didn't match up with his actual. It wasn't really him. You're telling me in the fucking days where we got drones and everything else, you couldn't get me a clear shot of Jeffrey Epstein's fucking dead body. What a bunch of bullshit. We have, we'll have to do a whole show on Epstein one day. But I will say that either when, when the shit didn't hit the fan a couple days after he allegedly was killed, I'm like, he's either alive or the person who's responsible, who has all the dirt of everybody he's collected it on over the years, has decided that they now need that information to keep themselves alive. Right. And she was running for a while, so. Or that person who has it is now using it to blackmail those people and make money. This is one of two things. Either he ain't dead, or he's dead, and the person who has that information is now using it for their own personal reasons, which is why it didn't come out. So now if she was the inheritor of all of his intelligence on people, are they going to kill her too? 
because now she's going to have a dead man switch. Someone else is going to have that information. Eventually, it's going to come out. Yeah, I just read an article the other day. It wasn't from a very reliable site, so I didn't post it because I wasn't sure. And even still now, like, I'm, you know, going to talk about it, but full disclosure, the website it was from was not a source that I would trust normally. Mm -hmm. It was, like, one of those fucking offshoot names that's, like, you can't really trust it. But they were talking about uh, how (laughs) Ghislaine Maxwell was given private time with security cameras turned off in her cell. And I was just like, this can't be happening for real, dude. Like, no way. But, I mean, I feel like they'll just push it because, I mean, what the fuck are we? We're not going to do shit. We they could they could literally do it right in front of us. And they'd yeah. just be like, what are you going to do? And we're like, mm, nothing, I guess. <laughs> Sorry. We'll just keep paying our taxes. Right. But anyway, yeah, we're running over a little bit, so I will cut this off. But thank you guys for listening, and uh, we will catch you next time. Stay